0: So I'm going to try and be brief this morning, if I possibly can. I don't know, is there a picture that says Milford on, on the screen behind me with a heart? Brilliant. Okay. So I'll come to that later on. But we come to the end of a series which we've been looking at the purposes of the church. And they include fellowship, discipleship, worship, ministry and now evangelism. And this is the one where you all now can sit and relax and think to yourself, well, I'm not an evangelist. I haven't been called to be an evangelist. So for all of you who are thinking, well, just Ian, just get to the final slide. Just come with me, please, on a journey. Because I want to just share with you three words this morning, and they are prayer, care, and share. Prayer, care, and share. When I think of evangelism, I think of someone who is going to be presenting the good news of the gospel. But you say, Ian, why have I gone to Mark chapter 1? Mark gives us a 24 hour glimpse of the life of Jesus. And there have been many sermons preached because, if you like, this was, if you like, the first revival. This was, if you like, the first calling of the disciples. This was something that was happening which beggars belief. Because Jesus went to the disciples and he called them by name. And he saw them. The important thing I want you to remember this morning is that he saw them. He really did see them and he really, really did call them. Because he knew that because they followed him. But you say, oh, come on, Ian. It's got to be more intricate than that. But within 24 hours... Jesus not only prayed for people, he cared for people and he shared with people. These verses just like give us a small glimpse in what we call the beginning of a revival. And Rick Warren has said of these verses, he says, they are the coming and the going for the gospel. But you might say, buddy, and I know that Jesus is a healer, he is a teacher. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And he is the Son of Man. But Jesus is the evangelist. But if you read through this scripture again, people do not immediately come to faith automatically. But Jesus is at work because he has called the disciples to follow him. I want you to remember praying, praying, Caring and sharing. In the last 24 hours in the world, there have been things that have been going on. In the last 24 hours, there have been things that have been going on in our nation. In the last 24 hours, there have been things that have been happening in Milford. In the last 24 hours, there have been things that have been happening in our lives. What has happened in your life in the last 24 hours? Many of us are so busy going from each day to each day. Do we just take a small moment of that day to pray, to care, and to share? In the last 24 hours, uh, I was in a shop with Diane, and uh, a lady came up to me and said, you're Ian Forsyth. And I said to this lady, yes, I am Ian Forsyth. She said, I'm Rebecca, and i I'm just... I looked at her and she looked, obviously, she knew me, but I looked at her and she says, well, my name's Rebecca. I said, I went to Sunday school with you. I said, what? I don't, be- I, said, I, I, I don't believe it. Anyway, so we had a little chat in the shop, as you do, but it was a bit of a nervous moment. I didn't expect that in the last 24 hours. But things happen when we pray. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I was walking beside a quayside in Oban this time, and for those of you who remember the story about the pool incident, we will leave that for another day. but I was walking alongside the quayside in Oban this time, and I saw a trawler ship <coughs> a trawler, and it was battered, it was bruised it looked as if it was it had that smell you knew that it was but it had been through the wars. And there it was, tied up. And I can remember years and years ago, when I was a wee lad going up to Scotland with my parents, actually visiting Oban and seeing it, like the fishing port in Oban, almost four abreast with all these trawlers. But this time there was just the one. And as I looked around it, I could just see, and I thought just for a moment, in the life of a boat in 24 hours, the captain could well have been at sea. He could have maybe have lost his nets. Maybe he had to encourage his crew to keep awake during the night. But whatever that life of that boat was, when I looked at the boat, I could see that it was now in a safe docking area or at the quayside. And as I looked around, and I was just fascinated. And I remembered that boats are sometimes given names. And as they came... So I think it's the forehead, is that what they call it? The the pointy bit at the end? Uh, There it was. It was a word called provider. Provider. And immediately my mind went to Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is our provider. And the Lord will provide. Maybe today you are feeling like that trawler. Maybe you are feeling a bit battered this morning, but I want to encourage you with that word that I believe God is our provider. He will provide now, each day, and He will provide in the future. But Ian, I want to have a look at these verses. And I want to begin with the 24-hour cycle, just so that you're aware, because in verse 35, it says, "Jesus prayed." All right. And then when we read this story of Jesus coming into Capernaum, we read that he's on the move. He has got his disciples with him, but Mark is very economical with uh, words. He doesn't actually explain to us exactly what the words are that Jesus says in the synagogue. But the fact that he goes to the synagogue, and within Mark's gospel, he uses this word that the people who heard his teaching, were amazed. They were in awe. They were in fear. But then there's a drama. Jesus sees the people. He sees the people. There is something that happens during this reading in the synagogue. The evil spirit speaks to Jesus and he recognises Jesus. He says, have you come to destroy us? And what Jesus says to the evil spirit is this. He says, Come out. He says, Come out. And then remember, he still sees the people in the synagogues. He has preached to them, he has said something to them that is almost cut to their heart, nearly, I would say to you. But Jesus prayed. And as a result of that, he said to the evil spirit, Come out. I want to look at the, that was in the morning. Now is the afternoon. Jesus cares. Jesus actually then goes with his disciples, Mark says. And he goes with them to Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And it's interesting to hear this encounter. As he goes towards her and touches her, he lifts her up and she is healed. And it's interesting to read very carefully. Some versions say that... This lady got up and spoke. No. She got up and she served. The first thing that she did was she served Jesus and others. But then, Ian, you're talking about the 24-hour clock of Jesus. Then it was evening time. And it's interesting to see that at sunset, Jesus, who said, I am the door, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life... He then stood at the door. He saw this beautiful sunset, and there was something like a revival going on. People had heard about Jesus in Capernaum, which is probably just not one of the most well known places to have heard the name of Jesus. But they heard and met Jesus. And what followed? Picture the scene complete and utter darkness. And Jesus says, Be quiet. And Jesus continues to do the work that he was sent by his father to do in the darkness. Now in a moment, I'm going to be praying for those 12 young boys in Thailand. Because I don't know about you, but I'm aware that the emergency services are now, literally now, actually having a go at an attempt to try and get these boys out. And as I shared with uh, CLT this week, I just cannot begin to imagine what that must be like. I really cannot. So if it's all right with you now, I would like us to have a time of quietness. If you feel able to close your eyes in a moment, I want to pray and intercede right now because there is something happening that I believe that we need to pray and ask God to intervene and help with. Dear Lord God, I just want to echo a prayer that is being prayed by probably many hundreds and thousands and millions of people around the world right now. Lord, I pray that you would give wisdom to the divers, that you would give an understanding and a strength to these divers who are searching for these uh, boys right now. Lord, in that complete darkness and with those lights flashing around... Lord, and the risks that those men are taking. Lord, I just ask that in your mercy and in your love, that somehow we might be united around this world in focusing, Lord, that these young boys will be saved. Lord, please, would you work a miracle in and through the skills of these divers who are now literally in the dark, Doing this work, Lord, we plead to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 So, as we've been thinking about this sort of story of the church and evangelism, I had an opportunity to uh, just simply just share the gospel um, at Chandler School this week. And I want to say thank you for your prayers. Because in some way, over these last few weeks and months, I'm trying to prepare the way for Ben. And I want to sort of encourage you to say that Hugh and I, there is an open door. I mean that very seriously at Chandler School. We have such a wonderful opportunity and a relationship to be able to go into that school and to talk to the students about Jesus. And I just shared quite simply with the students on Thursday morning Yes, there was some fun, Richard. You know, we do have some fun sometimes in assemblies. However, I made it quite clear. I said we have a loving God who just loves us to bits. He sent his only son so that we might believe in him, so that he knows that we cannot do anything of ourselves, that we need to come to him broken, because he's the one who will fix us. And he, only through Jesus Christ our Lord, He will actually bring us back to Him. But I said to everybody, every student heard, I said, but you've got to make a decision. I said, when I was at school, I didn't make that decision. I didn't make it till I was later on in my teens. But do you know what? One day you might hear that gospel message again, and I want you to respond to it. I really do. So I just want to share that with you at Chandler School. I had some good conversations with Matthew uh, Armstrong Harris at Robra, and there are opportunities for Bob, sorry, for Rob, sorry, for Ben to get involved in one to one tutoring at Robra in September and October, but that's still yet to be put in place. Also, I've had a fantastic meeting with um, Andrew Steer at Milford Infant School. I've already done a prize giving. I can't believe that. Andrew asked me just to come in and just say, would you do that? I said, well, yeah, of course I'll come in. So that's all cool. So there are opportunities there. So thank you, please. Uh, thank you for your prayers in the schools that are very clearly opening up for us. God is going ahead of us, if that makes sense. I'll just say that and encourage you. He really is and the school's work. Now, some of you may know a gentleman by the name of J. John. Hands up who's heard of J. John. Excellent. right? He's a wonderful communicator of the gospel. Um, He can stand in front of hundreds and thousands of people and presents the gospel very, very clearly. And I was uh, listening to him uh, the other day. I've met him twice. I know someone who knows him, but anyway, we'll leave that for another day. But he actually said this. What's the job of an evangelist? Well, an evangelist is just giving an invitation to a party that is out of this world. Now, only J. John can say that. I'll say it again, because they're not my words. I'll let him sort of say them. But he says, an evangelist is offering an invitation to a party that is out of this world. And as we draw to a close this morning, uh, this sermon about encouraging us to be praying, to be caring, and to be sharing like Jesus I don't know about you, but I want to continue following Jesus here at Milford Baptist Church. And I want to encourage you all to do the same. We have a fantastic church here. When we think about blessing the children, and we think about stepping stones and toddlers and the Friendship Club, and the opportunities that we have to reach people in the community. We have been just so blessed. But if you see the picture behind me here, It's a picture of a heart and hopefully I haven't done it maybe too well there. My drawing skills in the sand aren't very good these days but I have to maybe learn again. But I want to bless Milford and I've been challenged over these uh, several weeks. I've been reading a book and the title of the book is, it says, The Grace Outpouring Becoming a People of Blessing. And I don't know about you, but whenever I hear a minister stand in a church and say, I've been reading a book, and then he stands and says, I want you to read this, I'm not. Okay? What I did, I don't know about you, but I sometimes go to conferences, and one of the things I was once taught was once you go to a conference, you get all this information, but can you just leave with one thing to do? And there's one thing that I am passionate about, and that is... Wanting to bring about in September. It could be quite confusing, but I hope it will work. I want to give an opportunity uh, for people to come into the sanctuary. And I know many of us want to have a 24 7 prayer room. But I just want to say that I want to say I'm sorry, I haven't got it here for you. But I want to say is that this church should be a house of prayer. It should be a house of prayer. And in September, I want us to open up the the, the doors. I know there'll be complications with that, but we'll work it out. But I want to have an opportunity for people to come in between 12 and one o'clock. It's not going to be a prayer meeting every single day, but I just want to start with something small and inviting members, Even maybe some parents and children who want to come in and just pray quietly in the sanctuary between 12 and 1 o'clock. It's so, so simple, folks. I want it to work. Just one idea. That's all I've got. If I can't do that, then we'll do something else. We'll still keep on praying. But I just want us just to have that moment where we can just open the church up between 12 and 1 o'clock. If you're out doing the shopping or you just want to come in for a bit of quiet, a bit of reflection... But there's something that happens when we start praying and when we start uh, caring and we share. There's something quite beautiful that happens because we are bringing about God's purposes and God's plan. So becoming a people of blessing. That's what I'm trying to say up there. But you say, but Ian, I don't live in Milford. I live outside Milford. Well, just imagine that that beach just goes on, 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 on. All right. I'm not leaving anybody out. All right? because even Harry and Sarah, uh, David, they are a blessing to us doing the work in Endola. We, ha- we are on mission, guys. Okay? And even that, they will know. And it's interesting to hear the stories from them, where they're working away, uh, doing God's work in partnership with us. And that's such an exciting work. So if you sort of think to yourself, Milford, let's think of blessing Milford and beyond. So I want just to encourage you in short to continue being people of prayer, people who care and people who share. In the next 24 hours, I'm challenging myself. I've got to challenge myself. Ian, are you an evangelist? But Ian, I want to commission everybody this morning to be an evangelist. All we have to do is to pray, care, and share. Will you accept that challenge? I know I'm going to. I want to follow Jesus. I'm inviting you today. Whether you feel broken, whether you feel like you just can't go on anymore, I want to invite you to come back again to our Father, who has got an amazing love, who wants to shower his blessing on you and me, on us in the community. Amen.